well, you're going to be keeping me up at night with nightmares about <laughs> Rounds of God. So thanks for that. Good thing it's a Saturday when we're recording this. Listen, <laughs> I've been dreaming about Rods from God from my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I... everybody and welcome we're back this week looking onward and upward because god damn it what else are we supposed to do (laughs) (laughs) i'm here with my co-host kendall hey hi and i'm caitlin and today we're talking the final frontier which is you know space space is um an enormous topic to cover so um, I tried. How big is it? How big is it? It's universally <laughs> big. Hey, uh, please come on! Don't. I'm gonna try to avoid like the Miss Frizzle puns of like Magic School it. Bus, but it's fine. So I whittled this topic down into like more of a humanistic experience this time, so that we can hopefully cover a hundred other things on space later. Yeah. Love it. Otherwise, like I could just like, you know, float around and <laughs> you know, talk about a little bit of everything. So I try. I mean, it's it's phenomenal that you even did it because I was thinking about that when you were talking about notes earlier. Just like how do it's like the, it's like the deepest parts of the ocean. It's like, OK, now where do you. OK, where do you start? And then once you get started, where do you where the fuck do you end? OK, thank you so much for saying that, because this took all week for me to try to whittle down it took all week and there were moments where i was like i can't do it i can't do it i'm just too tired i had a long day i couldn't possibly like tackle this so this was like a really big one i mean i put it on myself but lesson learned big topic whittle down try to whittle down so that we can kind of break it up into different um subcategories later so hopefully i did that you can totally tell me you can be like just tell me to my face if this was We've got like to find out. off base we will find out <laughs> so the question today Kendall if you had the opportunity to be one of the first humans to yes. travel to Mars absolutely yes understanding that this is unprecedented and you may not come back to earth ever again And note, there's a real potential that you'll never see your loved ones again. And obviously your risk of dying unnaturally is like 10 million percent higher. Would you do it? Sign me the fuck up. I know you would. I know you would be for like, you'd be the first signature on the the (laughs) line. They'd be like, we have a we have a sign up sheet and yours would take up two spaces, like two (laughs) signatures. My Donald Trump signature with a Sharpie. Me. Pick me. Yeah. Um, So NASA put out. So Virgin, of course, has been running the thing from like the Doritos bag 10 years ago Mm -hmm. where they're going to put somebody. Mm -hmm. I think theirs is like on the moon or something like that. Maybe mm-hmm. it's Mars. Mm-hmm. And uh, I missed the, the cutoff because, you know, I was like nine, ten years ago, whatever that was. I was and just then, a tad too young. <laughs> <laughs> they put dogs in space, but not nine-year-olds. No, no, no. Not children. And um, so I follow NASA and they put out a thing, I don't, probably about a year ago. And they're like, we're looking for candidates who want to go to Mars. And I was like, bitch, that's me. So I printed out the application 
hand no, up. No. Nay, I didn't even make it to the printout application because you go to their website and it's like a drop down. It's like, these are my qualifications. And I'm like, I'm a creative and I'm a millennial and I like Miller Lite. And that's not good enough. I don't (laughs) know. I think they need it for like sanity. I think like if nothing else, like the creative people like us need to be on there to like bring some comic relief to the crew. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It is absolutely crucial. And it's funny that you say that because they that was a big part of I was following some discussion boards and that was a big part of it because it was like you have to be a rocket scientist. You have to be a biologist. You have to be a whatever. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about the need of like a comedian or like a because it's a psychological necessity. I would argue. Yeah, I I would think. I seriously think so. I I honestly think that that's a very evolved way to think of things. If it's like, how do you not kill each other and eat each other? You got the funny guy over there that's going to help you process your feelings. (laughs) Oh, you're feeling pain and angst. Let me help you. Right. The Ben Affleck smoking the cigarette just outside the door. Like that's yeah. 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 Go have a cigarette. We're on Mars. Wear your fucking suit. I was gonna say wear your mask. Wear your mask. <laughs> yeah. If anyone is looking for somebody to go and has the money, mm-hmm. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh let that be known. Sponsors. Mm-hmm. Kendall will do it. We'll put our podcast on his t-shirt as he's going up to Mars. Kendall hope will it, put out to get out. <laughs> That's right. What um, about you? Would you go? Okay. You have like, if I didn't have commitments on Earth, I would go. Like, right. I, it's within me. It's within me to go. I can't go with the commitments and people that I care about because you know I just I don't, I don't I just don't feel like it's right. Now I will say. When that call came out from NASA, Greg applied for it. I told, I actually was the one that texted him. I was like, "You, uh, hi." I, I remember exactly where I was. I was walking in my neighborhood and on like a trail area nearby, and I was like, I saw it pop up on my screen, and I was like, "Oh, you need to apply for this." And then I thought, "What the fuck am I doing?" If he actually gets <laughs> it, I'm gonna be a single mother. I mean, like married but single mm-hmm. mother for the next years. Assuming he doesn't get blown into outer space. Assuming that you can come back even. Yeah. Right. So I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You need to think about this. I don't know. Because Greg's a mechanical engineer. Yeah, he's totally qualified. Yeah. I mean, he he actually, he's got the brain for it. He's got the brain for it. But I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I retract my (laughs) former statement. I'm too selfish for you to go. So I need you to uh, just go on forward and uh, ignore, ignore, ignore this. Never mind. I love that. I can see that. (laughs) Shooting off the text and being like, wait, what the fuck? So actually, I he applied. He did apply for it. And in all seriousness. And then I was like, um, Good luck. I hope you get it. And I was like, well, you don't get it. I don't want You're to be calling alone. NASA. Yeah. No, no, no. He's crazy. Yes. No. I'm sorry. I am the center of the universe, not Mars. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. What lies would you make up? No, that's a, that's a question for another if day. If he got it, he didn't get it. You would have it. to make up. But if he had gotten it, I would let him go because obviously there's like this great call and he got the job. Like I yeah. would have, I honestly, I honestly, I wouldn't let him go, but it's wow. fine. I'm glad that he has other callings. Okay. On earth. Yes. Feet on the ground. Thanks. That's right. Okay. The drink of this episode. 
I thought we deserved a bit of a sweeter end to summer kind of drink this time because we're so okay. brave. <laughs> yes. You know, 2020. We're very brave. So I picked the Blue Galaxy, which is basically just Ooh. a liquor-filled Slurpee. It's just a Slurpee. Yes. Okay. How to make this. There's two layers to this. So you got to be a little bit, you got to invest the time. You know, you got to, you got to have patience for this one. The purple layer is going to be 30 milliliters of tequila, 22 milliliters of blue curacao, 22 milliliters of grenadine and 30 milliliters of lemonade. And then you fill. What in the fuck is a milliliter? I don't know. I think this was like a a non-American recipe, but I think. I mean, they can all transfer. I've got it on like my little cup. I've got like a little measuring cup that's got milliliters the on milliliters it. Milliliters on it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're gonna eyeball this. I'm gonna eyeball this. I'm gonna end up shit face, but Yeah. So then you put ice all the way to the top of the blender. Like that's the other like component of this. So it waters it down a lot. Then the blue layer, you have 15 milliliters vodka, 22 milliliters triple sec, 22 milliliters blue curacao, 30 milliliters lemonade, ice to the top of the blender again, and then a lemon slice for garnish. So how you make this for the purple layer, you add all those ingredients into the blender, top it up with ice and blitz it. Uh, put us put that slushy mis- mixture into a jug in the freezer, like into some kind of container, just to kind of solidify and keep it there. For the blue layer, wash out the blender, obviously. Add the blue layer ingredients, top with ice, blitz. Um, and then when you're layering them, just pour the purple layer a quarter full in a hurricane glass. Put a spoon on top when you pour the blue layer, like a bartender, Kendall, I, I bet. Did you ever have to use the spoon when you were like mixing the fancy ones, like a black and tan or anything? <laughs> Girl, there was no fancy drinks. Really? Okay. No, but I did have a bartender spoon. Is that what you mean? You mean <laughs> that theory, kind of spoon? that gathered dust at the bottom of the bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's like whenever you're pouring something that has two layers of color, you pour it directly onto the spoon so that it just dis- it pours softer. Right. Yeah. right, 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 yes, yes, yes. Yeah, okay. So put a spoon on top uh, after you pour the purple layer in and then pour the blue, do it a quarter of the way and then repeat each color and then garnish with a lemon and you're done. It'll be a really fancy drink. So it takes a little bit of effort. You got to blend it and blend it and freeze it and, you know, pour it out in a special way. But it'll be good, especially if you're hosting people. They'll be very impressed, assuming Come on. you're hosting people during 2020. Okay. Don't do that. So now let's talk space, the final frontier. So first of all, that's an incredibly brilliant line. Have you, you've heard the final frontier. I think you were the one that even said when I said like, let's talk space. You're like the final frontier. So Mm -hmm. remember, I mean, do you remember what that comes from or anything like that? Oh no. Um, I, I mean, I know what frontier means. Um, I think that I've seen it. Like, I think there's a couple net, not couple, but there's like a Netflix special that says something along those lines. And I, I also have heard it about like Deep Blue. Like they've called that the frontier. It's like the final frontier of Earth. Yes. I'm so um, glad. I'm so glad I get to be the person to explain this to you because I love this line so much. I just want to teach someone and I don't get yes. to teach my kid for another teach at me. least 10 years. <laughs> Or husband. I don't know. Anybody. Nobody listens yes. to me. So <laughs> as most uh, like, OK, a lot of people who are Star Trek fans 
mm-hmm. know that f- around 50 years ago, this was like the start of that episode, like of, of the show. They would say like space, the final frontier. And it's brilliant because in my opinion, it insinuates that humans have found all there is to know on their home planet because it's a futuristic show. We've are, obviously we have the technology to travel into space and interstellar and whatever. Um, so it insinuates the final frontier. We've explored everything else that we could possibly find on our own planet. And note, it doesn't say the next frontier or whatever. It says the final frontier. So I also think that that's really artistic and really interesting as a choice because I take it to mean that humans have almost reached their apex of exploration. Like that's it. Like what'll be next after that? The final frontier. It's very big, but this is it. This is the last one. So whoever wrote that line, which I did not look up and or no, I just know it's from Star Trek. (laughs) That's a very, very, very clever line. The final frontier space. Because it means like expanding west, the the frontier, you know, like going into the unknown, into the unknown. It's very that, but space version. Okay. Yeah. So. For the most part, people have had the ability to look up at the sky for as long as we've been around. I would argue as long as we've had (laughs) vertebrae to bend. (laughs) So I assume there had to be a few who looked up at the night sky like way long ago and um, or even the sun in, in the daytime or whatever and thought, huh what the fuck am I looking at? (laughs) That's pretty cool. What am I looking at? What is that? So, um, ancient Greeks, you know, I did it. I had to start from the beginning. Yes. (laughs) You know, my signature. In a land long, long ago. That's right. Ancient Greeks are the boys credited with creating astronomy, which is the natural science, physics, math used to explain celestial things like comets planets stars all the things but no they got some of their fundamental ideas from older stuff babylonians egyptians it's fine credit 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 there you go okay moving on ancient humans had this habit in many different cultures of looking up and um well no not even looking up looking up and around at stuff and going I think that's a sign. <laughs> I think that means something. So the stars are just one of the many, many, many things in the natural world that humans, and I say the natural world in and around, I guess the natural world that human beings have uh, turned to for answers. Okay. According to a Time article that I read in my research, quote, we don't really know who first came up with the idea for looking into nature and making divine influence on humans. Um, There's some indication that cave art shows that this idea shows this idea that animals and things can be imbued with some kind of spirit form that then has an influence on you. So if you appease the spirit, then you'll have a successful hunt, life, whatever. That was taken over by the idea of divination, um, which is where you actually look at things in nature and study them really carefully. So like tea leaf reading is an example of this. So looking Mm -hmm. at something around you in your world, in your eye view and saying, let's read this and study it and see if we get answers out of it. They did that in space too. They looked up and they were like, okay, I think, I think there's something here. Um, 
so we don't really know who first came up with the idea for looking at things in nature and being like, that seems like a sign. But around 2000 BC, the Sumerians and Babylonians seem to have uh, a bunch of divination practices. So they looked at things like the spots on the liver of a dead animal or like what in the fuck? or their poop. To oh, get that. an idea of what their world like, what does this <laughs> tell me about me? That's so selfish. <laughs> the fox's liver doesn't tell you anything about your life. It's a fox that lived a very different life, or a deer, or whatever. That's what I, I'm kind of sorry to interrupt. No, the, please. I can't remember which episode we did, um, where we were discussing the like the need for humans to make up the story, mm-hmm. and. It, this is just so in line with that. And, and you know, like with like the black cat and mm-hmm. the raven and the eagle and all of these sim- things, meaning symbolically or supernaturally something, it's just the same with um, space, which is so bizarre about space is that like every time I look out at the stars, I'm like, how in the fuck did somebody figure out that it's all the same? Mm. Like, Without modern technology, like with the pyramids and with uh, Stonehenge and like all of these signs. Now you're saying even cave paintings have some sort of connection to people understanding that our place in the universe is not still, but like everything relative to us stays relative to us, Mm -hmm. which is just so bizarre. How do they know that? I think that's amazing. So we're going to get a little bit into that. But what you're even saying is like people noticing things they noticed patterns and they started mm-hmm. saying like huh like i don't know what this means necessarily but i am a, i'm comforted in the fact that it's repetitive and i can anticipate what's coming because i've seen it enough over time like you know the stars come out in a certain way they change a certain way you know even sundials even really old ancient sundials. civilizations with sundials, they recognized that the sun moved in a certain way yeah. Like reliably enough that they're like, okay, I'm going to make this thing. I'm going to make this rock that stands yeah. up and has a little pointy thing. And I'm going to see how it changes. And it was reliable enough. Yeah. There's something very observant about that. Like, you know, I mean, in fairness, they didn't have the they internet were, to distract them. <laughs> to distract them. But on the same and the opposite side of that coin is like they didn't have the global connections and the technology that Not we have all. today to like figure out. So like, I can't remember and like my art history professor is going to fucking be. Ooh, I love yeah, it. Whatever. Bring it, bring it, bring it to but the table. I love it. She, uh, I studied Mayan art <gasps> in college and there is a temple literally. And I think it's like in the Yucatan. And it's built right on the beach. And, oh, I'm mixing up two different temples. Sorry. There's a temple somewhere that they built it so that on the summer solstice, which how the fuck did they, whatever. On one of the solstices, they carved a snake going down the stairs. Mm -hmm. And it's got a head at the end. And during the day, on that one day... The shadows would align to where it would slowly look like the snake was like moving, <gasps> like everything aligned to where it like kind of like shadows make it wave. But of mm-hmm. course, the shadows don't make it wave in real time. Not when you're looking at it. Right. It's like if you did a time lapse during the day and I'm like, who the 
How the fuck would you figure that out? And like, and then figure out like, oh, well, it's moving, but you can't see it right now. Right. But we so know that it is. It has to take a lot of time and a lot of logging. Like, honestly, yeah. however they logged the days, because you even if you sat, even if your job in that tribe or whatever. You did. Even if that job in your in that tribe or whatever, if they. If your job was to just watch the sun, that's your job. You're the sun watcher. That isn't a thing as far as I know, but let's just hypothetically say you're the sun and stars watcher. You watch and measure it. You'd have to log all that stuff over the course of a year and be like, okay, oh my God. And then over the course of many years and be like, oh my God, there's patterns here. I'm starting to see stuff. It takes years and years and years to recognize some of the longstanding patterns that it takes. So the ancient Egyptians contributed the idea that patterns of stars made up constellations through which the sun appears to move at a specific time during the year. So way to think that through. I mean, again, like we just were talking about, you're looking at me going like, okay, I not only see that the sun is coming up and whatever, I'm seeing that it is doing different things. It's going, it's setting at different times. It's, you know, not quite in the air the way that it was before, whatever. Good for you, Egyptians. Get That's it. It's crazy. Okay, so... And they're in the middle of the desert, so there's no, like, point of reference, right? You can't, like, it's next to that tree branch today, and tomorrow it's going to be up... Like, how mm-hmm. in the... F- Whatever. I'm telling you, it takes nothing... It takes people who are not starving, people who are <laughs> yeah. not prioritized with living their life and surviving, to just lay down on their back and look up and, and go, like... Stay there. I'm noticing some patterns. As they eat their grapes. I'm yeah. noticing some patterns. The oh. life. Yeah. So, let's see. Anyone else? <laughs> they were figuring things out long ago that were really correct. Now, they they were tracking these celestial patterns, and they're, but uh, they kind of didn't get there. I mean, they were like so close. They had so much. That was right, but they were putting divine reasoning into what it means. Yeah. As you do. As you do. So recognizing these patterns led to using celestial things like stars and the sun as tools. That's great. Good job. For example, farmers used the skies as a calendar as far back as ancient Egyptians. Also, the rising of Sirius, the dog star, around mid-July was a marker of the annual flooding of the Nile. They could count on that flooding of the Nile based on when the star came out in mid-July. What in the hell is... Good for okay. you. We didn't notice That's a amazing. pattern. It's a pattern. It's but a what pattern. What does the star have to do with the... I guess like seasonally. I, okay. Yeah. That's what but like seasonally. who was like, huh, I see that. I see that. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's put this together. Oh my God, they're completely right. Good for you, whoever that was. Um, Travelers also used the skies as a compass, um, following the stars to know where to go on both land and sea, especially on the ocean. In ships, you had the ocean on all sides and nothing but night sky. You would use the sky to navigate if you were going in the right direction. That is brilliant that is revolutionary because we have these boats and we could get them wherever we wanted you know it just takes wood to like float a boat but it takes a lot more to actually navigate in one direction and not get lost in the ocean so good for you let's talk about the reactions 
of that shift when answers about space became more about science and less about like the gods moving around up there. Okay. Right, 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 right. right. So I'm going to jump around a little bit, but it's fine. You're good. The most famous example of someone going, hang on a minute, I don't think what we're believing is quite right, is Galileo Galilei. He was an Italian astronomer, physicist, and engineer. Um, Short version, Galileo was like, guys, I'm pretty sure the Earth revolves around the sun because... Oh, right, like yeah. the sun is like the center of our, you know, solar system because science tells me so. Meanwhile, the Catholic Church was like, um, God told us that the earth is the center of the <laughs> entire universe. It's all about us. Self-centered <laughs> much earth? I mean, it's fine. Right. Anyway, this was Roman Inquisition time, which means basically anyone who opposed them got tortured and murdered. <laughs> work they found that that his idea of heliocentrism the helio sun is the center centrism was not only foolish and absurd as an idea it was also officially heresy because wow. it contradicts the holy scripture i say poor Gigi galileo galilei <laughs> he was <laughs> did he get killed for that no he didn't get killed he was he was sentenced to life in prison um, he served most of it under house arrest because he had he was older and he like wasn't like I don't know he must have been an aristocrat or something I don't know anyway he died nine years after that after being under house arrest for nine years which after wow. coronavirus I'm not opposed to house arrest I'll just what? live here for nine years and never <laughs> leave <laughs> he Gigi was a star boy and thank you for your service sir because mm-hmm. he was right and like everybody was like no. The Bible says, and that makes me a little bit sad that it kind of stepped on him. And he like, think about all the other things that his brain could have accomplished if he wasn't like fighting the, you know, Roman church or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So advancements. So now we think we're so advanced, but we're still the same old monkeys when it comes to trying to grasp things we haven't figured out quite yet. I think that's quoted that's a Caitlin Ward quote (laughs) think about the face we see on Mars which is so stupid do you know what that is the face like they're like oh my god there's a face on Mars oh yeah it's like that mountain or whatever hill that looks like a face right naturally humans are like wait for it it's a sign remember (laughs) remember back when I told you five seconds ago that (laughs) the ancient humans were like it's a sign yes you know still today the trees talking it's a sign well it's the same concept it's just we're doing it on Mars so nothing has changed we however there's hope in humanity after all so I hear there's a National Geographic article that I read that talked about how humans would react to definitive proof of alien life. Like they did a bunch of studies. Basically they said we would handle it rather well. Please don't load an alien invasion into 2020. Please don't add that onto oh, please. Shit. I don't, we don't need that extra tier. Humanity will not handle it. I don't care what your surveys say. Not they on the brink. Handle it. No, <laughs> it will be anarchy, but you do like they did the Pentagon like mm-hmm. what three months ago mm-hmm. it was like yeah 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 UFOs yeah 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 sorry yeah 
What? And what? Th- that's how that's in a that is a statement about how crazy 2020 is because nobody is listening. No, there was a TikTok no. that I watched because I'm, you know, brilliant and I love and I'm addicted to TikTok. Yes, I watched like one that was like, can we talk about how the Pentagon just like announced and we're not paying any attention to the fact that they acknowledge that there's like Area 51 and it's all real. I was like, um, can I put a pin in that? Cause I can't psychologically <laughs> deal with that right please. now, but also I hear you <laughs> and I want to. So uh, right. can we you just could hold make, this until 2021 to process, you, please? You could make devil's advocate here. You could make the argument that maybe this is the best time because shit has already hit the fan so much. It'd be like, oh, good. Somebody's sharing in the shit with us. Let's uh, let's kiki. Let's get together. Like share notes. Yeah, that's right. Um, Everybody's psyche's exhausted. So it's like, yeah, OK, cool. cool, cool. Come on. Yeah. You want to go to dinner? <laughs> Come we on, can't because COVID. But like we can space ourselves out and like, what do you eat? <laughs> do you eat people? No? Do you okay. eat me? Please eat me. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. OK, so that's a good point because. It's worth noting that any fictional story of alien life, right? We find out there's alien life, whatever, in any story that's ever been told about alien invasion, alien life, whatever. It leads to humans having a negative societal or psychological consequence. Mm -hmm. That's what National Geographic said. They actually wrote about it and I read it. So I'll tell you right now. When I watched War of the Worlds, did you ever watch that? The newer one with Tom Cruise? I know you don't watch movies, but did you ever watch the War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise? I don't don't think so. Probably like, I'm guessing like mid 2000s is when it came out. Okay. Tom Cruise is a space cadet in a whole other way, but that's another podcast. Say that shit. I was so nervous you were about to say something good about Tom Cruise. No, please. Have a little faith in me. (laughs) I can't even. So anyway... That movie, especially... So, okay, I need you to... uh, Okay. In your infinite spare time, I would argue Mm. you should watch that movie because it is, uh, like, really intense. And if you want to watch something that's, like, wow, like... It's not just, like, oh, aliens come down and, like, whatever, and, like, where's my phone? And, like, I can be, like, texting while I'm watching it. It, I I felt like when I watched it, I was like, what? (laughs) Okay. It's based on the old um, War of the Worlds, which was the original by H.G. Wells. It was a story and then later a, a radio broadcast. But it is intense and it is really scary. So in that movie with Tom Cruise, there's this sound. Now, listen, I'm inclined to have anxious behavior anyway. But there <laughs> is a sound in that movie that the, the ships or something make. It's like this, like, I'm going to, I'm going to go away from the mic. So I'm not too loud. It's like a sound as they're like attacking the human race. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. 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 Did you watch it? No, but I've seen that in, I mean, I think that's in like the Avengers and I've seen that in, um, scary. (laughs) Big powerful machine. Yes. It's scary. So uh-huh. in in this War of the Worlds movie, they did that, and it it okay, it gave me negative psychological consequences, like National right. Geographic was predicting. Okay, I'll tell you right now, freak me out. Anyway, they even considered the impact of people's religious beliefs mm-hmm. if aliens were discovered in this in this article that I read. So mm-hmm. basically, they think. People who are confident in their own religious beliefs could make room, says the study, 
for the existence of the extraterrestrials. Okay. Quote, people will be able to accommodate even high impact scientific discoveries without their worldviews collapsing. End quote. So put that in your pocket um, about humanity being able to stretch, they predict. Uh, no, that's giving people a lot of credit. No, I I, I think the like the key, like watch word there is confident people who are. I don't want to say intellectual. How about amateur intellectual? Oh. Thank you. Ah, um, what? <laughs> Asha, what? He said it. <laughs> I just because I've had this discussion when I was a camp counselor. Actually, I was I was a camper at this Christian camp, and we were all looking at the stars. And I said something about, well, you know, like it's pretty fucking nuts that people think that Christ came to Earth and saved Earth, and like, did Christ go elsewhere? Are we the own? Like, why do we think of ourselves as like it? Mm-hmm. And why do we also think of Jesus as it? Maybe Jesus is just it for Earth, and da 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 da. And everybody else, I mean, everybody's like six people, but like <laughs> crickets. And then like this one guy who ended up going to like you blew seminary, everybody's mind and they couldn't handle it. They were like. I never thought of that. Anyway, yeah. I I think that that's I didn't I, I think that they hadn't thought of it. And this this kid that in, was very biblically knowledgeable and ended up going to seminary and all that shit. He was the one that was like, yeah, um, well, it's the Bible doesn't say anything about it here, so like it it doesn't mean anything necessarily to us. This 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 this, and he had all these like rebuttals, which was. Exercise for your brain. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I would be interested to see how that actually played out with the, for lack of a better term, lay folk mm-hmm. who, I mean, like we say the same things about like conservatives and like Christians and conservative Christians say that about Democrats and da, 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 da. you've got a, a mass of people yeah. in the middle that I just, I would be really interested to see how that actually panned out. I don't know that that would be right. Well, yeah. I mean, even in the, not to quote another movie, but even in Independence Day, which was an old nineties movie with Will yeah. Smith, like there yeah. were some that were going to the rooftops to welcome them. That would be the religious folk that were embracing this right. as a good thing. And then there are people who are bunkering down, which they didn't necessarily do in the movie, but you have to assume there are people that are like, bye, had my bunker ready, got my water, <laughs> see you later, or I won't, I don't know. Um, yeah. But then there's all those people in between. They're like, what is happening? I'm just waiting from from moment to moment to see what happens. And I think that's more more accurate. There's going to be a group that's going to go, this means something. It's a sign. And then they're like, yes. it's good. It's a sign. And then there's going to be a group that goes, it's a sign. It's bad. It's a sign. And then there's going right. to be people in the middle that are like, Huh? <laughs> and then, you know, we'll <laughs> we see how we just much talk mercy the aliens take on us um, as we stare. I <laughs> can just process what's <laughs> happening. Okay. So let's move on now. We talked a little bit about alien life, whatever. We're going to move on now to the, the main theories about space and, um, you know, how it got to be space that we can now make the final frontier. So the Big Bang Theory, as we know, is the leading explanation about how the universe began. You've at least heard it, the name of it. If you have, And I say this to everybody. You've at least heard the name of it if you haven't heard what it means. At its simplest, it just says that the universe as we know it started with a small singularity, a small mini thing. And then it just like expanded over the next 13.8 billion years. It just, poof, Big Bang. There you go. 
it's still exploding. It's still moving. It's moving faster, not slower over time, which is interesting because you'd think an explosion over time, it loses momentum, but it is gaining momentum. So that's interesting. Interesting. Like, is something pulling it? Whatever. There's all the questions. I don't Ooh. know. They figured this out based on three assumptions. This is if you are a... Um, like a uh, 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 astronomer or any kind of space person, you will know these three things, these three tr- assumptions. I say truths. They're not truths. Um, they're assumptions that they base all of their theories on, even Einstein and whatever. Okay. It's very easy to understand. One, the laws of physics are universal, not just earth specific. So we are playing by the rules that we understand as physics. That's the first one. So if you're going to bend space and time, if you're going to move all this stuff, this stuff doesn't apply the same. Okay. We have to f- mathematically and scientifically understand that physics is the way we understand it. And that doesn't mean just on earth, but it means like even outside of earth, what we have come to learn as physics applies always. There's never wow. a place that the rules don't apply. Okay. We don't know that that's true. It's an assumption, but moving on. Number two. The universe is roughly the same in all directions. That's kind of. (laughs) What the fuck is that? Well, it's just saying like it goes out in all directions. But conversely, I would say, but they didn't say this. Three, humans do not view the universe from a privileged location, which means we are not the center of the universe. Right. Thank you for that important building block, Gigi. Back to Gigi. (laughs) Anyway, they applied these assumptions. They put these assumptions that they locked in, locked and loaded. Okay, now let's try them onto Einstein's equations, like all of his things about physics. Let's put them in and boom, or bang, whatever. Big bang. Big bang. Hey. I hate myself. It's fine. (laughs) That's such a, like, (laughs) bad stand-up joke boom or bang whatever anyway (laughs) moving on random side note i would love to do an episode on the theory of multiverses because in my research i was like inundated with all this and i was like no stay on task stay on task i have to stay focused but i really want to it is it takes my little brain to wonderland and i just really really need to do it so do it that'll be another one all of the science and stuff that backs up the theory of multiverses but it's fine Moving on. Stay focused. Okay. There are some other theories other than the Big Bang. The Big Bang is the winner right now. It's the trend, if you will. Right. It is Pumpkin what spice. we are all saying is the thing. Um, like when the world was the, sorry, when the world was flat and now it is a sphere. It is the Big Bang. Like instead <laughs> of I don't know whatever they thought before that. I don't know. Anyway, it probably happened. I don't know. I don't give it. I don't know. I'm not a science person. All right. In short, if any of these three basic assumptions, remember I walked you through one, two, three, like Mm -hmm. physics is universal. Um, What the fuck else did I say? Physics is human citric. Yes. And Um, yep. The universe is roughly the same in all directions and humans don't view the universe in a privileged location. So that's what Mm -hmm. they base everything on. So if those, if any one of those three basic assumptions are wrong, there's room to play and imagine about what it means for what reality is, okay? There's the steady state universe, which just, it's an early rival to the Big Bang. It's what they thought before, uh, many thought before. And the idea is there's a 
continuous creation of matter. So what that means is instead of exploding outward, it's just growing and building outward. It's just growing. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So then okay. there's another one called external inflation known as the level two multiverse. This was where I put in all caps in my notes. Like I want to do it up again on the multiverses. <laughs> uh, after the big bang, according to this theory, the universe expanded rapidly I mean, it's the same as Big Bang. I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. And according to this theory, it's still doing that. It's still just like really quickly expanding. Uh, I'm not sure how this is different from the Big Bang, Big Bang, except that part of this theory says there are new multiverses coming into creation constantly. And many of them could have different physical laws. So gravity could be different. I mean, physics, physics is different. So you wouldn't have to play by all the same rules, which would mean, I mean, back it up. That means you wouldn't necessarily age like you do. You wouldn't have evolved to look like you do. I mean, everything is based in physics. I mean, even gravity. I mean, think about, think about a person aging. That's gravity, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's, crazy to think that there's a multiverse where there's another version of you potentially or anybody that doesn't hold to the same standards of physical you know limitations or whatever i don't know i can't i close my mind yeah we're gonna need seven hours of an episode for that because i'm gonna nerd out uncensored seven hour episode blitz (laughs) anyway Okay, the next one is oscillating universe. So I wasn't completely clear on what this theory was, but okay, here's what I got, and I'll break it down. The old model of this was called the cyclic model, which means the universe is in an endless cycle of big bangs. It bangs, and then it goes into a big crunch, and then it starts all over, and then it goes again, and then it goes again, and then it goes again. However, this modern version of this of this theory is that that was the older version. Now it says that there's these colliding brains, B-R-A-N-E-S, not brain like your brain, brain like membrane, which sits in a higher dimensional volume called the bulk. So it sounds like we live in a, to me, this just, what? This sounds like we live in a giant brain made up of membranes living in a time loop. That's what it sounds like to me. That's what I got I out of it. That. Hashtag science. Didn't go to school. I, Never had one lesson. <laughs> what was that? Oh, fuck. TV or movie show. <gasps> God damn it. It might be so obscure. You might not know. No, I, hope, I hope I know it. The one where like. Okay. Here, uh, the girl in a cult. What the fuck was that? She was in a cult and then, or like they, her and her boyfriend and husband, whatever, they were leaving the cult, but then somebody got stuck in a time loop. And Ooh. so you had to be near, you had to be within the bounds of this like brain, like electric field kind of thing. That sounds like and, this. Right. And then it would, but like she would be talking to somebody and then he would end up gone and then like flashback over there. And hmm. was it, it wasn't, was it recent? Was it midsummer? whatever no that was good though i that didn't was very see good, it but i it never saw bad. it that's why i'm guessing i'm thinking it was like, like a little like cheapy one-off thing on like netflix or something that everybody okay. talked about for 15 minutes well, and if, then you, it went if you think of it i will watch it i will do my homework you tell me what it is and i'll watch it i'll let that you sounds know interesting um okay so those are like the ones that i was a little like huh but yeah 
the weirder ones, like the normal ones I get and the really weird ones I get. So whatever that psychologically tells me, therapist, <laughs> can you can you help me with this? What does that mean? Because I totally understand the normal and I totally understand the crazy ass crazy. So here we go. Don't judge me. Spaghetti. <laughs> the basis of these is that he, what humans perceive is not what actually is happening. So we are not, we don't have all the answers because the silly pictures that our eyes and ears and whatever taste is telling us is not, we're not evolved enough to understand that. Okay. There's okay. the flat hologram theory, which, which says that the universe is just projected onto the surface of a sphere, like a universal sphere. What? So we're all just like 2D, I think. What? <laughs> Thinking that we're 3D. <laughs> arrogant again humans look Meta. at us reading it up <laughs> and then my personal favorite because it's so crazy is the digital simulation theory which is what we are doing if we're in the matrix we're all running oh. on a vast computer that's a real theory okay. uh, i mean yeah if you haven't seen it, sorry, but if, or I'm sorry, if you haven't seen it, your statute of limitations on spoilers ran out in like 2010. Literally. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I'm very sorry for your loss, but like you should have seen it in the last decade. I'm sorry. But yeah. Okay. So that's really interesting. I mean, again, there's, there's a ton of different theories. Those are not majority theories they're just ones that people are like okay noted we're going to keep that over there it's not thrown away as just pure conspiracy or garbage we're going to keep it because it has some arguments it raises some good points we think it's the big bang we're pretty sure it is but all these other things are like over there in case yeah interesting it wow. is interesting okay. yeah okay so now we're going to move on to science fiction so we just broke into the Matrix, so I think that's a good transition. Yes, because it's not sci science fiction. It's science life. Let's talk a little bit more about it and how influence, how it influenced um, real science in regard to space. I'm going to go ahead and argue that, hear me out, Greek mythology is fiction. <laughs> Are you sure? Um Zeus started as a bearded snake. <laughs> Artemis was born from a literal splitting headache. So fight me. <laughs> Change my mind. <laughs> okay. But all that, whatever that is, it's obviously fiction. It's, it's fiction. I'm so sorry for anybody that seems to want to worship that as a religion. The two people left on Earth that worship that as a real religion. The planets are actually named for the Roman gods. So we know that Zeus's Roman name was Jupiter. Aphrodite yes. was Venus. Hades was Pluto. Poseidon was Neptune. Hermes was Mercury. Aries was Mars. Gaia is Earth. So Come on, you better know all of them. I mean, I wrote them down. I didn't all of them. It's fine. Okay. So now we're going to talk about like, because things, again, we take, humans take from fiction or we take from inspiration and put into real things. So we did that with the planets when we named them after Greek God, well, Roman, the Roman variation of gods. So here are some other interesting things that I thought we needed to just note. So the rocket, 
just the spaceship, the, the space rocket. Okay. American scientist um, who built the first liquid fueled rocket, his name was Robert H. Goddard. He was fascinated with reading a newspaper serial of the H.G. Wells War of the Worlds. Back to the reading oh, of Tom Browns. Okay. That scared me. But the original was better. He said, the concept of interplanetary flight, quote, gripped my imagination tremendously, end quote. That's amazing. That's a guy mm-hmm. who was like, I heard a story. I was so moved by it. I went and built a rocket. Yeah. What? Yeah. I, yeah. And like real, well, I mean, this is real life, but that's kind of like Elon Musk's thing. And like yes. now Bezos is building Blue Origin and like Virgin is doing space flight stuff. Like it's, yeah. You have got uh, it. You have got it. You are on my wavelength because I've got that in my notes. So good for yes. you. You are on it. So in the 1970s, the U.S. prepared to run test flights of the space shuttle program using a prototype called Constitution, as America does. Ew. We're going to call this Constitution. <laughs> Gross. I know. I Are people equal? Way. I'm glad They're you not? said that. I'm glad you said that because I was a little like, ugh, really? <laughs> Fucking really? Out of all the things you're going to name, you name a Constitution? Okay, fine. <laughs> fine. You built it. You name it, I guess. No. However... Thousands of Star Trek fans, you're going to be so proud of this, staged a write-in campaign to the White House and to NASA. And they were like, you need to call this Enterprise. You need to call this Enterprise. So guess what? No way. It was unveiled in 1976 as Enterprise. Yes, come on. And cast members of the original Star Trek series were present for the unveiling. No way. Good. Uh, that is amazing. Good. That's amazing. Good. So I, you know, I've never seen, well, huh, I sorry. haven't watched I've never the seen shows. It. I've watched the movies, but I haven't watched the shows. I, I want to. None of it. Especially in I don't COVID. know any, anything about it, but I'm glad that some people band together and petitioned to change that shit because good for them. The Star Trek movies are really good. You should watch them. Like if, again, I have this like ever like expanding list of movies for you to watch, but that movie's <laughs> really good. I think the the Star Trek series, I'm not like, I'm somebody that's very, very, very fidgety. When you told me that you don't sit for very long periods of time to like sit through a whole movie, I was like, Oh, my zombie. I don't. <laughs> and like Greg has to take my phone away because I'm scrolling through stuff and I'm like, I can't do this. I have like a thousand other things to do. I don't want to do this. Even right. a movie that I like, I'm like struggling. Yes. I really like the Star Trek stuff. I think they did a really good job. Um, so okay. if that's, good if to that's know. interesting to you, I don't know. Leave it there. Okay. So. We said in 1976, the Enterprise and um, like unveiled that it was. Uh, going to be that name. Decades later, space tourism company, Virgin Galactic, you named mm-hmm. it. Uh, they named one of its planned spacecrafts VSS Enterprise. But unfortunately, it, it uh, that was like in 2004-ish, but it was destroyed in 2014 during a crash that killed one of the pilots and seriously injured the other. Shit. So not great, but they named it after, to note, they named it after the Star Trek series. Again, just taking that art and making it life. Art Love imitates that. life. Yeah. Love. So, okay. Working on it. In 2015, 
NASA downplayed several media reports that a faster-than-light propulsion system they were developing was on the verge of a breakthrough. Quote, NASA is not working on a warp drive technology. Back to Star Trek. That was a thing. Like, warp drive is like a Whoa. like a shift, a gear shift in <laughs> on the Enterprise. You can just be like, shift it to warp drive. <laughs> like, you know? Right. Yeah. It's a stick shift. Just warp drive. Go to warp drive. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, they said... The, um, the research was, quote, a small effort that has not yet shown any tangible results. They were trying to figure out how to get to warp drive. Holy shit. And warp drive. Do you know what warp drive is like from the show? If you've never seen it, it's just it's like, whew, like the stars like, turn into lines and you go really fast. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's in Star Wars, too. When they yeah. like go real fast. Exactly. Yeah. Like, whew, good. OK, you've got it. I just need you. So I was going to cut the quote out of this article there. And then I read literally the next sentence and I was like, nope, I'm including that. It, it doesn't have to do with space, but I just needed to put it in here because I was like, what the fuck? Why did you put that as an afterthought? As an afterthought? Teleportation, meanwhile, has only wait, been... Wait, 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 wait. Teleportation, comma, <laughs> meanwhile, comma, has only been achieved on the quantum scale across a few miles. What? Um, (laughs) (laughs) that's from Um, NASA. I digress, but this is (laughs) insane. That's it. Huh? Why did you put that in an afterthought in an article about space, about Star Trek? What? So we didn't need. Wait, NASA said, no, we have not. We haven't done warp drive. We're trying to figure it out. But like, don't worry. Teleportation is not that big of a deal either. We've only got it at the quantum level and it's only a couple miles. A couple miles? Where were these miles? So here's here's how I understand it. Because I think Greg explained this to me before when this came out. Because, you know, he's a sciencey, mathy guy. He said something. I'm going to misquote this. He said something like, if you stimulate a quantum sized thing, it'll have an equal reaction to its like twin or something like its other quantum equivalent somewhere Wait. else that's located somewhere totally different, like miles apart. I'm not sure if that's the same thing that what he's talking about, but he told me that like if you do something and react to something that's on a quantum level that has it like a again, I'm, I'm explaining this very, very wrong, but it, it's like a like a twin. It's got this existing twin it will react the same way so you stimulate it it stimulates it over there like way far away and it reacts in the exact same way okay yeah we need to okay no (laughs) i need to do an episode on quantum physics okay every time not every time every now and then when i get absolutely blackout drunk just like after like and i go into like a stupid like once in a year youtube fucking (laughs) thing i did do like what to focus quantum physics one time and i thought i had a grasp but i have no idea (laughs) what you just said i read one book one time by michael Crichton, which was timeline that talked about quantum physics so i feel like i'm an expert <laughs> i read one fiction book one time um so and i've got it 
Yeah, and you you black out drunk read uh read some yeah. articles on it. So I, I feel remember. like between the two of us <laughs> <laughs> we've got this. I don't know. Who else do we need? <laughs> People want to spend their life studying it. Who cares? Get out of here. We've got this. We, we no, yeah. We tell you if it yeah, no. Not important. Can I just um, say we need an intern to write all this stuff down? Like, oh, I need another episode. Quantum physics, multiverses. Right. You know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If anyone would like to volunteer as tribute. Yeah, please to work for free. We'll figure out how the government makes that work for you. I don't know. There's gotta be a way. <laughs> School credit. Anyway. I went on a date this one time with this guy that I was in college and he was going to Annapolis. Mm-hmm. West Point. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. He's I know right exactly where that is. It's like a second from me. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was studying. He like, like we like matched on Tinder like in like fucking 2012 feels like. And he was studying. He like passed it off. He's like, oh, I'm studying. I can't remember which now because both of them like how the fuck. I'm studying bombs. I'm 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 figuring out how to make bombs. Oh, okay. And then we went on a date and then he was like, oh, well, I could, like physics, like quantum physics. And I was like, mm. what? What? Yeah. That's probably when I did like the stupid like YouTube thing. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Now we've got something in common right now. I can. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, I'm, OK. Yep. I know what I'm doing this evening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my There's God. a twin. There's a twin somewhere also getting stimulated when this thing is getting stimulated. I, like, I got it. Well, Telling it. it in such a dumb way. I think he told me like so much better. He was like, this is what the article is saying. Like, this is this is what science is saying now. Like, there's like a equal presence of something that can exist in two places at once. And like, if you if you <laughs> I paraphrase, fuck with it. <laughs> <laughs> it will also react the same way as if you fucked with it, even if you didn't s- fuck with it. <laughs> wow. I Thank don't you. even know what. OK. Yeah, I mean, that's like so crazy. So anyway, like the whole idea of quantum physics is is fascinating to me and I need yes. to learn more about it. So we're going to do a whole we're going to do a whole episode on it and I'm going to I'm going to break it down in a very um, crass way <laughs> like I do and we will enjoy. You will leave an expert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the thing that I take away from all this, though, like the idea that people are naming like they're going out and seeking a rocket ship, like Star Trek is being named for things. Um, We creatives have room to influence the science brains. So come on. Yay. Like we're getting stuff named after us. (laughs) So I'm saying (laughs) continue to woo the science brains because you'll have your ideas or you named after stuff. Okay. So let's go back to uh, talk about the space race, because nothing sparks innovation quite like territorial threats. Let me cite space.com and then add in my thoughts. I I was I was (laughs) like, I want to write this out as I was writing my notes and I was like, my thoughts, like all caps. (laughs) (laughs) So this is how I wrote it. The space race, says space.com, was a series of competitive technology demonstrations between the United States and the Soviet Union, aiming to show superiority in spaceflight. My commentary. It was a pissing contest slash flex contest between the U.S. and the Soviet Union. 
Okay. Yeah, not not even so much about fucking space flight. It was more about who could send a missile the furthest. It was a flex. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Back to space.com. It was an outgrowth of the mid-20th century Cold War, a tense global conflict that pitted the, ideolo- the ideologies of capitalism and communism against one another, according to an online exhibit from the National Air and Space Museum. My commentary. <laughs> communism will get you to the moon. No, capitalism will. <laughs> Meanwhile, the people of the world are like, um, okay, so why are we going to the moon? Right, and what's there? The U.S. and the Soviet Union both answer in unison, because we can't, God! <laughs> okay. D- yeah? Tell wait. me. Wait, 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 wait. Do you think, okay, so I, like, I, I don't, I haven't listened to it in a while, but I used to listen to a podcast called Arms Control Wonk. Ooh. And it was like experts that like write legislation talking about a disarmament and uh, I can't remember the other word. What's the word that we use for nukes now? Whenever you like, you want, you want to take them away. You don't want people to have nukes. Mm. What do we call that? Disarmament. I have no idea. There's another word. Fuck, I can't remember. Uh, it's a hot button Denuclearization. Denuclearization and disarmament was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's there's like a weird word that people use. Uh, fuck, it's gonna come to me. But anyway, they. So I started listening to this podcast right before North Korea was sending up those big ass mm. inter uh, mm-hmm. ballistic uh, intercontinental ballistic whatever yeah, fuck, yeah. ballistic I know exactly missiles. What you're talking about. Yep. And. So, like, I'm listening to the podcast and they're talking about how, like, oh, no, North Korea has the capability to hit mainland states, probably like Denver, actually. Like, it, like it would be a stretch to say, cool. like, Denver, but <laughs> they've already proven in the other tests that they can do this. Neat. And then they did the test where they really proved it. And CNN, like John King's on CNN, and he's like, they can maybe, with this missile, they can maybe get to the coast of California. And it was a big deal. And I, like, the experts were already saying, no, 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 no. Like, this means that they can literally hit anywhere now because they ha- they already had that. They just hadn't shown it this way. And then, like, national news media makes it sound even different than it actually is. So my question to you right now is, I don't believe it. Maybe this goes back to conspiracy theories episode. I don't think it has shit to do with the moon. I think it has everything to do with, I can make a rocket reach you. Yeah. I think it's about intimidation. Who has the bigger stick, right? So right. I'm not a big Marvel fan. I'm so sorry for everybody who is. Oh, not me But yet. I'm married to someone who is. So or- by proxy, I am. And I would say, like, there's a quote by Iron Man, who's the billionaire, basically Lockheed Martin or Boeing or whatever CEO. He's the guy that makes the weapons for the United States. He's the independent contractor that makes a lot of money selling to the government weapons. Like he said, like, we have to have the bigger stick. That's peace. Like we have to have the bigger stick because we won't use like he was insinuating. We won't necessarily have to use it, but we'll have it in case we need it. And I think North Korea is setting the stage to try to compete. And they're trying to say, you want to you want to treat us less than here you go. it's an ugly mess and it is so much oh my god but 
I think that's what they're doing. I think their aim is to say, look, we can compete with the rest of you. We you want to fuck with us? <laughs> right. And I think it has, especially when it comes to like military stuff like that. I don't think that like going to the moon, I think going to the moon is like a human thing. Going to Mars is a human thing. Mm-hmm. It's I about, th- I'll fuck you th- up and I'll decimate your country. That's right. More that's what this was. <laughs> yeah. The space <laughs> race was yeah. just about. How, it, big stick is exactly right, but like it, we we can annihilate you if you if we want to. Yeah. And, the, it, and they were so like, don't well, fuck with fuck us. we can't do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's all it is. I mean, at the most basic level, you know. <sighs> Anywho. <laughs> so, tell me a day that there isn't something depressingly heavy that is a fact today. I oh. mean. I don't know. Okay, it's fine. Bring it up. It's fine. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> the space race started. <laughs> <laughs> the space race started when the Soviets. This oh, I can't talk today. The Soviets launched Sputnik into space. This was in 1957. Sputnik was a satellite. The U.S. government had already been planning to launch its own artificial satellite so when people saw the soviets launch its first satellite they were like um wait how how did they what who's heather <laughs> to quote you. Yes. that's how the american public reacted to seeing sputnik who's what <laughs> who's heather <laughs> less than a month later the soviets launched sputnik 2 as an extra middle finger to the u.s they were like mm-hmm. and guess what else <laughs> Got it. Is that the one with the dog? Yes, good job. This Thank one carried you. the dog named Laika. It took until the next year in 1958 for the U.S. to launch Explorer 1, and NASA was founded. And they also announced that they planned to hurl humans into space and <laughs> stick it to the Soviets. I mean, send human passengers in the name of scientific advancement. That's what I meant, obviously. Right. Right, 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 right. Yeah, obviously. Fun fact, the Soviets um, got a lot of the firsts. So they got first mission to leave Earth orbit, the first probe to reach the moon, the first spacecraft to head toward Venus, uh, although it stopped responding after a week. Uh, They also had the first launch, sorry, the first person to fly in space, Yuri Gagarin, Gagarin, Gagarin. Oh, shit. They sent him out there without no fucking way back? You know they didn't care. You know they didn't care. They were like, when? (laughs) We don't care if you come back alive or dead. Um, Anyway, they beat the American astronaut, Alan Shepard, by less than a month. That's how close it was. Wow. So what do you figure, like three weeks or something? So then JFK stood before... Buckle up. I'm about to do an accent. Buckle up. JFK stood before legislators Mm -hmm. in Congress bring on the Boston accent and announced with his charming self that he had committed to NASA that we would land people on the moon before the end of the decade. This was in May of 1961. So what that means was he was promising the world that we were going to do this in six months. No, sorry, not six months, six months and nine years. Nine years. (laughs) (laughs) Plus nine years by 1970. So he said, here we go. Ah, Feel free to make fun of me. Here we go. Love it. We choose to go to the moon. Yes. (laughs) Close your nose. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. In this decade and do the other things 
Not because they are easy, <laughs> but because they are hard. They are hard. <laughs> That's In a this huge. Day and age. <laughs> right? A... Is that the next line? Yeah, yeah. That gets. So that's a huge fucking promise. Think about that. Oh, yeah. Like, JFK was basically saying, NASA, <laughs> I just stuck my neck out for you <laughs> and showed our hand to Russia. <laughs> you better fucking deliver. <laughs> That was terrible. It's fine. I love that. No, that was Keep good. it. It's fine. Keep it. It's fine. Safe Did space. You, there is a video <laughs> of him that I just, well, no, a fringes. I was going to say I dug it up, but I didn't. But he's bitching out um, a general, uh, some like fort. And they like made up a bed for Jackie and then it got on the, uh, like the press got a hold of it. And so then it looked like a big, like they're spending money that they don't have. Da, 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 da. And he's on the phone with this general at the very end. He's, you know what this is? General, this is a fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> did he really say that? He did. Yeah. He's like, you know what this is? This, this is, is a, a fuck up. Fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I'll find it. We can post it. Oh, God bless that Irish soul. <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> Love it. Okay. I am charming. And that was a fuck up. God. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I am trying to keep the nation together. <laughs> okay, at least he was trying. It's fine. Not better. Okay. <clears throat> moving on, moving on, moving on. Over the next few years, each side took firsts, the Soviets and the U.S. So the U.S. got first interplanetary flybys of Venus and Mars. Hi! We can't, we can't, <laughs> can't land anybody. Hi, hi. <laughs> Soviets were like, wait Fly a by. minute. Let's send a woman. Easy win. So okay. they won that, um, which, by the way, took the U.S. 20 more years to achieve. Not bitter. Ugh. Just leaving that there. It's fine. Meanwhile, some other nations were like, we want to play. We want to play in the space race. This is fun. This looks fun. <laughs> Canada, France, Japan, and China were okay. Like we want to, like us. But honestly, the U.S. and the Soviet Union were like in a Mexican standoff with locked eyes and didn't really care about didn't give a shit. anybody yeah. else. They were just, yeah. you know, ready to fight or kiss. I don't know. One of them. This last year was India's first. Yeah. So actually, I have India here, you psychic. Good for you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then comes the US's Apollo program in the timeline. So NASA was mm -hmm. like, I want footprints on the moon, which I fully believe is the manifestation of a creative like us. Who mm -hmm. is that specific to have that artistic vision to say, like, we want footprints, footprints on the moon? That is a yep. visual artist brain. That obviously works for Gorgeous. NASA, but I digress. So it didn't start well. All three astronauts in the Apollo 1 were killed during a launch rehearsal test that sparked a fire. So fire. after I hope everyone took a fucking day to grieve these people. But then they did a ton of redesigns to ensure the crew did not die in vain. They okay. better fucking do that because the least you can the do. Least you can do. A year later, NASA launched astronauts into space for an 11-day mission. Two months later, they sent another crew around the moon and back to Earth. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the Soviets were cussing in Russian, I assume. <laughs> 
However, <laughs> repeated disasters caused the U.S. moon program to lose momentum. So in 1969, NASA launched Apollo 10, which brought the crew within a few miles of the lunar surface successfully. Enter our boys Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, who landed on the moon during Apollo 11. There were more missions, but it was widely believed that the U.S. had won the space race. Um, and as the Cold War wound down, both sides agreed to cooperate in space, which led to the International Space Station. Yes. Oh, okay, like you're a worthy adversary. Okay, handshake. Let's do this. Let's make a space station together and like put our science together. But also, I don't trust you. <laughs> which <Right>. began. <laughs> which began in 1998. So, hooray. <laughs> 98. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Which is 100,000 years ago. It's fine. It seems like 2020 Easy. was a hundred years along. Okay. That's so true. So now we're going to talk about, um, is there a current space race? Is something happening now? Yes. Do you have any thoughts on that before I go? Yes. Tell it me. Is. I love it. Tell me, you know, so much about today's like shit that I don't. I, want to I just go like to put Mars. my head in the sand. Tell me, tell me, <laughs> tell me what you have and I'll tell you what I have. Yours well, is probably I'm, better than mine. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mine is very like high altitude. It's like um, I just know high altitude. Kendall? I meant like would we I say in the like, stratosphere or in how space? Do you say, how do you say that? How do you say like from afar, not specific? <laughs> Stellar. Hey, that's good. Um, that did sound right after I said that. I was like, ooh, wait. Um, so, okay, so Musk, Elon, and SpaceX are like mm -hmm. gunning for Mars and they're kind of like, fuck everything else. They're, mm -hmm. They've got like the Starlink satellites that they're putting out for like broadband and, and Wi Fi for like the globe, which I fucking love. Mm. Um, I just signed up for beta, but like, may not even have it in my area, but I'm going to try anyway. Is it mm -hmm. beta or beta? It's beta. And uh, Blue Origin is Amazon, is, is uh, Bezos's company. Mm -hmm. And they're right. really, they're only working on a spaceship, if you want to call it that. It, like, actually, one of my buddies works on it. Crazy. The guy that I, uh, my roommate freshman year works for Blue Origin, and he's like some kind of engineer. I don't know what kind. Um, but they are like working on like space tourism kind of stuff, same mm -hmm. way that Voy uh, Virgin is. So like they will, they're building a ship that's like windows all the way around on top and you sit in it and it takes you up to like outer space, but only very technically. Mm -hmm. And then like above you get like the a stratosphere or whatever, right above it. Right. And then it comes down and it was like a, it's kind of like a r roller coaster yeah thing. it's a tour it's a it's a tour mm, that's being kind um <laughs> <laughs> and then virgin they're working on something that's totally different they've got like a, a, a an airplane that sits under an, another airplane and then it takes off while that airplane is flying and then it'll take you into like the stratosphere and just I, actually i know that it goes just to out of our atmosphere to space and then it'll come back down um, but yes, that is the space race. Though I really don't think there's much of a competition between Musk and anybody else. NASA is still working on. They're talking about Mars, but I, I follow Musk's shit down. He's got a. Uh, they're building the big one, the big honking one that's going to go to Mars in Boca Chica, Texas, and Boca they're running Chica, tests Texas. all Boca the time. Chica? 
Boca Chica. I've never heard that before. Boca Chica. It's way down. It's like Brownsville. It's like way the fuck oh, down yeah. at the very end of Texas. It has to be. I mean, all of the spaceports are always in the middle of nowhere. Middle of bumfuck nowhere. And I watch them because they'll like do tests and they'll do it live on YouTube and stuff. And they're like, oh, yeah, we just heard the sheriff's alarm go off. <laughs> I'm like, the sheriff's alarm? <laughs> if this thing comes down, everyone's and dead that for team miles. of three police officers came down and they told right. us the what for. <laughs> Do you have a permit? No. Yeah. Do you have a permit to operate that space vehicle, son? <laughs> oh, Imagine. my God. Well, um, I am really impressed. I'm really impressed because I have a paragraph and then my next paragraph has to do with Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos. You were like, oh, just like off the top of my head, like, and I'm like, oh my god, I nailed all the notes. So, uh, I just love your brain. Your brain is so cool. I, I'm so. I would like to spend if we could put a GoPro on your no. head. <laughs> no, yes. no, yes, good, bad, ugly. I want the GoPro ugly. on your head during a typical. I wouldn't even say day because I feel like your days vary. A lot. I would say like a week. I want like a week so that I can no, get an average. it's so not interesting. And I want to see <laughs> how your interactions go. I want to see how you're like, you know, I'm looking at my phone and I'm reading this article goes. And I want to just see how your brain operates over the course of seven days. Because I'm very fascinated. You Ew. retain a lot of really cool knowledge that I really appreciate. So I want to know, like, where do you where no. and when do you like pull that in? Because it's very interesting. Drunken YouTube. <laughs> Drunken YouTube. <laughs> All of us, babe. All of us. I'm angry and motivated to learn. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about the current space race. Good job. Good job. This is going to make you angry. I'm just going to need you to hold your, hold your drink. Yeah. <laughs> Vice President Pence says... Oh, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there is a current space race. We are apparently racing China and India, as well as old rivals like Russia. Mm -mm. Hey, boo, long time no race, Russia. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, okay. However, space.com, where I got this information from, spoke to many space policy experts and they're like man that's not really true that's not really true mm-hmm. no Quote, he's just trying to legitimize space force and he can go fuck himself yes sir Quote, the Russians don't have a stated public interest in going to the moon with human spaceflight, Wendy Whitman Cobb, a political scientist at Cameron University in Oklahoma, told Space.com. The Chinese have taken a purposefully slow, methodical approach to spaceflight. And for them, I think the motivations are more in the military and national prestige realms. So back to the pissing context flex contest. (laughs) They're like, we're not going to rush this because we don't want to fuck it up. We're going to take our time, do it right, and then beat you in the slow game. Tortoise in the hare. That's what they're saying. Yeah. The world is much more complex today than it was during Cold War. So when two major superpowers vied for dominance, that was more of a simplistic thing. It was Soviet Union and U.S. Now... Private companies 
such as Elon Musk's SpaceX and Jeff Bezos's Blue Origin, have joined in a new contest to show off their spaceflight capabilities, according to the BBC. While there are some competitive aspects, such as the potential for fights over limited lunar resources, tomorrow's space races will involve a greater number of actors and more muddled win-lose scenarios than before. So it's not about showing off the bravado of your country. It's about capitalism and it's about we can get you to the moon safely and down and we're the organization that can do it. Bring your family. It's Disneyland. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's true. That is. Yeah, it is. I mean, they're competing for Disneyland on the moon. Lunar Disneyland. I mean, not literally, but probably eventually. (laughs) Okay. We also have space as a mechanism for national defense in, in many different nations. They're starting to invest. Space Force, you brought up, is a perfect Mm -hmm. example. Uh, We've got tourism, as we talked about with Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. um, And all the other things that go with humans ruining everything. So we're going to go out into space. We're going to use it for war. We're going to use it for tourism. We're going to use it for polluting, I'm sure, etc. There we go. Yeah, I'm looking up right now. I saw this thing on one of my YouTube things that it's called Rods from God. That sounds like a porn site. And and so there was an explosion in China like two years ago that like if you saw it, you'd be like, oh, I've seen that video. But it's like absolutely astonishing what happened like just thing just like it, it was like a factory a chemical factory something like that, exploded and like exploded in like nuclear maybe bigger mm. than nuclear what the fuck was that what happened yeah. and i've seen it a couple times and then i discovered these things called rods from gods rods from god which <laughs> is a kinetic bombardment um military weapon and I'm trying to see right now who owns it. I think the states have some. What does that mean? Is it a nuclear thing? It's not at all. So there's actually, it's not even a missile. It's literally a rod. I think it's, I just want to confirm before I say this out loud. It's called Project Thor. I give anyone uh, Project Thor. And it started in China. Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh. I think that, but, uh, so sorry. It's like, it's like a 16 foot tungsten rod and that's mm-hmm. it. Mm. It's nothing else. And it's, they like float in a satellite out in space. Mm-hmm. And if you drop it, if you just let it go and it'll like target itself, whatever, guide itself. It's, they're like, this is the next nuclear weapon because it's not nuclear at all. And the explosion, the, the amount of force from this thing smacking into the ground is is nuclear-like. No. And what? yeah. Yeah. How can it In be fact, nuclear-like if it I mean, even if it's if it's just a tungsten rod, how can that have any kind of devastating effect like a nuclear explosion? Because it's moving that fast. No. It's what a is super the element? Dense- what is the physical like makeup of tungsten that would make it that de- like um devastating good question i'm reading now on 
The Pentagon's new super weapon is basically a weaponized meteor strike. <gasps> blah, blah, blah. It's, a, it's like a meteor. Okay. You're helping my brain. I'm catching up to you. It's like the devastation of a meteor. Okay. In reality, weapons it's like researchers. It's the green version. It's like the green version. It's a green of a- atomic bomb. Exactly. <laughs> and that's exactly why they talk about using them is because they're like, everything. there's not like nuclear fallout for decades, if not hundreds of years. If there's just. We just want to kill everyone right now. We don't want to hurt exactly. the world we, for 30 years. We might years. change our mind. Yeah. Yeah. God yeah. Damn it. Um, it says. Project Thor, others called it Rods from Gods. In reality, weapons researchers refer to it as kinetic energy projectile. It is a super dense, super fast projectile that operating free of complex systems and volatile chemicals destroys everything in its path. Okay, so in theory, just pause. In theory, it would have to, if if they put it up outside of the atmosphere, they'd have to make sure that it was, like you said, dialed into the perfect degree Right. To hit the earth in a way that was like fucking Thor's hammer is what you're telling me. I've watched right. it as we've demonstrated. I've watched a Marvel movie or two for my husband. Like it would hit it with such force because, again, just think about a person falling into a pool. Pretend the tungsten rod is a person falling into a pool. Right. And right. Earth and tungsten thing is the person in the pool. So if you belly flop, you're not going to do as much damage, I presume. As you right. would, because the surface area is much um, greater, so the impact is much less. Versus coming straight down, you hit it with yeah. a lot more force. So there'd have to be some sort of radio, like some sort of digital mechanism in there that can oh, direct yeah. it. And in Just that case, like- it's it's usually measurable on radar like not radar old school radar but like if it's got some kind of smart technology typically we can pick up on it from other oh countries I, sure i like I, the way that the, my idea of how this works is and i'm not like verse on it but it's like literally like they drop it from space and like it's quiet like you don't know that they've done that you don't like you it would be far too late because there wouldn't be like so like the way that we know north korea is launching missiles is because we're watching north korea mm-hmm. and if we see light if we see a spark go up that's how they know right mm-hmm. so like we trust our systems, our defense systems, to be triggered by satellites that are constantly watching targeted areas to set the alarm. And then we've got three Ugh. minutes or whatever that we need to get in place. And then you hope that rocket hits. Like this thing would literally, I mean, I don't want to take a guess because I would be so far off. But like it's like if you're on top of the Eiffel Tower and you drop a penny and then mm-hmm. you expect somebody to stop it on its way down. But there's terminal velocity in that equation. So terminal velocity True. is the height of the right it's gonna falling. S- right. You can't get faster than that. But I wonder. But we what- don't know how the, the terminal the velocity depends on surface area and weight, right? Terminal velocity is terminal velocity. It doesn't matter. It could be a penny. It could be a watermelon. It doesn't matter. Terminal velocity is the like height of like falling gravity. It, you can't go faster than that. That's in a vacuum. No. Isn't it? No. Ah. Uh. Like, things will Ooh, reach we need terminal. we an episode on physics, baby. <laughs> we do. So I want to know. Vo- no, I want to know. I thought terminal velocity was like, this thing can only go this fast. That's always on- the rule of Earth's gravity. You can't go faster than X. Terminal X velocity changes. is it. Right. I, it, X changes based on the thing. 
based on how heavy it is. So no. like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, that's true. An earth because of air, because in a vacuum, a feather and a brick hit the ground at the same time, but not on earth because of wind resistance. So like terminal velocity will exist. Like the thing will stop accelerating at some point because it's meet, met uh, max acceleration, but it can still be moving super fast based mm -hmm. on its weight and its surface wind resistance. I mean, you've got things that move faster than that, like the speed of sound and whatever, but it's because they've designed explosions to go behind it. So you've got things um, uh, like a like a stealth fighter jet. Those things move as fast as the speed as the speed of sound because we've designed and choreographed well, explosions to go behind them to move faster. Otherwise, terminal velocity is just the the as fast as gravity goes. You can't go faster unless you explode behind it. That's the science propulsion. of anything that goes faster than yes. gravity. Yes, 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 yes. You're talking about propulsion. Yeah. Yeah. Propulsion. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, yeah, these things don't have propulsion. Not to my knowledge. But they just literally just fall. And they just... So you're right. It will reach terminal velocity at the point when its wind resistance meets whatever equation of its weight. And then it'll be traveling at 12,000 miles an hour, whatever the fuck that number is. Well, I'm going to be turning on my, um, like, uh, <laughs> malware to make sure they don't think I'm looking at a porn site. And then I'm going to type in rods of God. <laughs> Safe search, ultra Greg, on. I swear it's research. I swear it is. Because <laughs> I want to learn more about it. I want to understand better. Because I'm really, I'm really interested. I'm really, really interested in that. Um, put a, let's put a note on that because I want to know more about it. Can you make a note? Like if you're interested about like teaching us more about this on an episode, maybe? I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, <laughs> yes and no. no I had a fascination with Future Weapons, the Disney show. Oh, no, excuse me. Discovery Channel show. Disney? And the fuck? It's, yeah. <laughs> I feel so betrayed. Um, no, Discovery. But there's they don't have them on fucking YouTube. I'm so mad about that. Mm. Um, but... Like, I just have, like, the rail gun and, like, I was... Cool. Nah. Well, you're going to be keeping me up at night with nightmares about <laughs> Rods of God, so thanks for that. Good thing it's a Saturday when we're recording this, cause... Listen, I've been dreaming about Rods from God from my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I... This scares me so much, the idea that there's this, like, non-clocked weapon that can just fall down and, like, uh -huh. explode. So I want to learn more about it because I'm just terrified. I'm going to have to, like... <laughs> I'll do some research. Maybe we, we do, like, a crazy, like, future weapons. Like, this is what Ooh, we know at least. future weapons. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I love it. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Idea. What if we did, um, this is so off topic, but what if we did like a, like a, um, what if we did an episode every once in a while that was like a, like a you, me, you, me in one episode. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to say that in a way that makes sense. I don't know what that is because it's late. Tennis. We tennis it. Yeah. yeah. Like, bam. Puck, 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 back, 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 back. And I'll then be you're Serena like, Williams. here's my weapon. Here's my weapon. Here's my yes. weapon. Here's my weapon. And then we see who wins. <laughs> <gasps> we should do that with animals. <gasps> 
Oh my that would god. Be fun. Duh. Okay. This is like a pick theme. A deck. This is a themed episode that we need to have like once it. a month or something where we yes. have like a, a talk off. And we It's called the talk off. Yes. And we discuss like okay, here's why I argue that the fucking platypus should win. <laughs> right. <laughs> love it. I love that. Oh my okay, god. Let's do it. Write it down. Write it down. And like we need an uh, intern. <laughs> this is the second time this episode we need an intern. I am the intern. Okay. Talk he wants off. to work for free. <laughs> Please <laughs> contact us. We would love to have you. <laughs> what do they say? Whatever you're like they like when somebody wants something creative done and they're like, it's great. What? Exposure. It's exposure. It's great, it's great exposure. exposure. No, I know. I've gotten it. Mm, <laughs> Did you get that to your face? Because I have. Exposure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's great exposure. We're not going to pay you, but I'm like, oh, no, no, no. You are going to pay me. And also, it'll be great exposure. Okay. <laughs> You're right. All right. Back to space. That was an amazing tangent and brainstorm. So I just need us to keep that in because that was amazing. You. We got sharpened up. Yes. Oh, man. We sharpened our tools, didn't we? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So back to, I don't know, space stuff. Again, I took this from a very human perspective. So here we go. The goal for Mars. It used to be science fiction. Now it's a plan. Here we go. We've got the Mars rovers. There have been four robotically operated Mars rovers. You know, the machines, the little wallies that drive around. Yeah. All managed by the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. So the four of them are called. So, Sojourn. Oh, 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 do you know them? Some of them. Tell me. Uh, oh, I just said that and I went fucking blank. Hold you on. Know, okay, so there's you Curiosity. Get all the points if you can name one of them. Say them again. Curiosity. So, yes. And then Ende- Endeavor. No. No. Curiosity. Mm-hmm. Oh, Listen, man. I wouldn't have got, I would have got zero. So you've got this. I'm going to be so mad when you say it because I know it. Uh, curiosity and okay for the sake of the you podcast, name the most recent one if that helps for the sake, you're going backwards okay um uh, curiosity and uh, no it's fine. right when i was like no let me do it. it i was like okay no, no you are you are gonna know it you are gonna know it and you're gonna go fuck and it's fine it's fine we've all been there curiosity thank you 25 percent spirit yeah. Opportunity yeah, and sojourner. That's the one I knew. And the what? Sojourner. So, sojourner. Yeah. Sojourner. I wouldn't have had that one. I've never heard of that one. It was the first Spirit one. She was and opportunity. She was the grandma. Yeah. So yeah. sojourner in the order of what had happened. Sojourner, opportunity, spirit, and then curiosity. Damn. It's yeah, okay. That's right. It's okay. Listen, you had a thousand percent more than I knew before this. I was like the rover. <laughs> <laughs> the one up there. The rover. Land Rover. I got it. Yeah. I got the rover. Range Rover, Land Rover, Discovery. So I actually know somebody, not well, but I know somebody who works at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory where this all happens. Wow. Cool. And I think that, oh my God, that's the coolest thing ever. Like, good for you. Live your Amazing. life. I love it. I will watch you on Facebook. <laughs> have you seen that thing where they like have the one, they have one that's identical in the lab. And then they have the the one out on Mars. And so, like, whenever it comes up, like, on a problem. So, like, for example, I think one of Opportunity's wheels is torn. They're, mm. like, made out of metal, but it's torn, so it's fragile. And so, like, they come up on this rock, and they're, like, figuring out how to get around this rock. But they're doing it with 
the exact same thing in a lab in or on earth and so they like show them like pivoting it and trying to like figure out a way to get this one wheel up a little bit to get over it it's really interesting when i was in high school no nay middle school when i was in middle school i was in science olympiad and it was so hey come on i just imagine that's what it's like (laughs) you're just in an after school club getting paid to do all day amazing fucking science things that moves forward humanity. If that doesn't pay your salary, like if that doesn't pay your emotional bank, like, I don't know what does good for you. Hashtag opportunity and spirit and a curiosity. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So opportunity was, um, the second one out of the four. And she, our baby girl, had no response since June 10th, 2018, after a planet encircling dust storm happened on Mars. Mm-hmm. But they got the bitch back. No, they didn't. Oh, my, fuck. My baby. They didn't. I said that so She's quiet. She's all quiet on the Western front. Damn. But you can send a postcard to her. I say her. Oh. I don't It's it. I don't know. I say her. Going back to my fact slash theory that <laughs> that humans are still apes slash monkeys. <laughs> monkeys. Why are you smart. sending postcards to a piece of junk metal in a on a distant planet that is not alive? Like it is gone and dead. But wait, the PR side of me says, Jeez. yeah, keep that public yeah. public interest strong and people will continue to fund us for the True. win. What's the one you, one of them they were supposed to lose contact with like 18 years ago and they Ooh. still have her. Mm. <laughs> Girl didn't do her notes to know that. I I'll don't look know. That up. If it's 18 years ago, I feel like that sounds like Sojourner, the first one. Our great grandma. Yeah. We got great grandma. We got grandma. We got mom. <laughs> we got baby. Sojourner opportunity, spirit and curiosity. So I feel like great grandma, maybe Sojourner. I don't know. Okay. So NASA has now um, said that they have the 2020 Perseverance rover. Perseverance is the latest. It launched into space on July 30th of this year. And it will land on February 18th, 2021. For those of you who are like, huh, how did I not hear about this? It's because Earth is a shit show and we were distracted (laughs) by a lot of other things. And they probably didn't cover it in the news. Anyway, it'll be there at least one Mars year, which is 687 Earth days. Wow. Wow. NASA says... The mission addresses high-priority science goals for Mars exploration, including key questions about the potential for life on Mars. Perseverance takes the next step by not only seeking signs of habitable conditions on Mars in the ancient past, but also searching for signs of of past microbial life itself. So, I say... Go, little rob- robot wallies. Fly far, far away from this place. Yeah, don't come back. Well, I guess Go find robot <laughs> happiness and solitude on Mars. Go. Go. 
Tell yeah. our story. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. Rewrite it. Make it sound better. <laughs> tell, tell the story to the Martians about how we fucked it up. <sighs> okay. So now we're going to lighten it up and I'm going to end it. Okay. Fun facts. You know I had to talk about Interstellar, baby, didn't you? Uh, did you know yes. I did? You know I did. I was not going to bring it up because I can't. Yes. yes it's yes, the yes. best. It is such a beautiful movie. Like, if I had to pick it in one word, I would say it is beautiful. It is a beautiful movie. Yeah. Okay. Interstellar featured the most scientifically accurate depiction of a black hole on screen, as far yep. as we know. Show did. It show did. Mm-hmm. So there was an astrophysicist named Kip Thorne, whatever, who became a crucial element in the development of Interstellar. He says Nolan's story relied on a time dilation, time passing at different rates for different characters. To make this scientifically plausible, Thorne told him he'd need a massive black hole. In the movie, it's called Gargantua, spinning at nearly the speed of light. So... That's awesome. I really, really appreciate the work that it took to make a story be tethered to the rules of physics and science. I really, yeah. really like making an illustration of a, of a fictional story with love and human and whatever humanity and family around scientific law. I really, really liked that. Yeah. Interesting. It's so funny. So my friends and I like debate on like we like take a poll. So like Caitlin, is Interstellar a what is this? What is this story? I was gonna make it like a I can't give you the answers, but like tell me what what is it about? What is Interstellar? What's the point of Interstellar? I think you just said it actually, which is I kind think of like the the point of that movie was that love transcends everything. I think that was the, the point of the story. But I mean, they definitely tethered it into real things. But I took away from it. Love transcends everything else. Damn, I'm losing this pulse so bad no, that I stand me. ground. When did you say, when did you say it was? I, I, I reject that <laughs> wholeheartedly that Interstellar is a love throw story. That in the garbage. Yes. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah. I understand. I understand I that the, for the purpose of telling it. a story. You need a love component or an enemy or a hero or whatever component. Yeah. I understand that. Love so it. obviously it's With there, you. but I will not for myself say that movie is about time. That movie is about the physics of time, relativity, uh, physics, things I don't understand. Sure. But like what that movie did for me was like, I was like, that is not about Matthew McConaughey and his daughter. <laughs> it's not about Timothy Chalamet, though he's gorgeous, even though he's like seven and that. Not in that. He's gorgeous now. Oh my now. God, he was in that movie? He's the boy. <gasps> yeah. I'm going to need to watch it again. Yeah. So Tim- most of the movie's Timothee. about Murph. Timothy. Oh my God. Yeah. He did a round, he did like a one-on-one with an actor and he was like, I was so fucking thrilled to be part of this movie because it was so grandiose and magical and great. And then I watched it and I was like, I'm in that for like 10 fucking minutes. Oh, maybe. baby. <laughs> Aww, Not an important case, <laughs> but to me, like the way that the, especially like they talk to the scientists to draw, to illustrate what a black hole looked like. And then like mm-hmm. six, I guess longer than six months, about a year, year and a half later, we got the first image of a black hole and it looked very damn similar. And mm-hmm. 
the, the shit happening on the planets and depending on how fast you're going and how much time is burning and then the th- magical ending of like the weird handshake in the mm-hmm. spaceship and the bookcases on top of bookcases for infinity. Yep. That's just about time to me, but I'm losing. So it's, no, 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 you're not losing. You're seeing it from one perspective and I'm yes, seeing I'm it from one perspective on and nothing is better. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think it's good. And again, in the name of stretching our brains, I think this is a really good exercise because so I see it as I come from an Irish background. So you have to forgive me for uh, like full disclosure. I come from a little bit of a superstitious background Mm -hmm. i came from i was raised very ethnically right so there was a scene in that movie where anne hathaway the astronaut as you do i'm gorgeous (laughs) and an astronaut (laughs) fuck you anyway (laughs) making us all feel like shit anyway she says like i just don't know i have to go to this planet and she's drawn she doesn't have the answers and she's pulled to a planet that has no bearing on science. Like it, it's actually contradictory to science. And she's like, mm-hmm. I just feel like this is where I need to go. It's just, I just feel it. And it turns out, spoiler again, you should watch the movie. If turn it off, if you haven't watched the movie, but it turns out that like the person that she loved is long gone, but the people are there. The civilization is there. So she was pulled in the right direction for a reason. There was something human and beautiful and spiritual about the connection between other people that oh, we definitely. can't measure that pulled her to that, that, that planet when she could have gone to another whole planet. They had, they were flying blind. They had no idea. And they're like, mm, this one, I don't know. And she's like this one. And they were like, no, that doesn't make any fucking sense. You stupid woman, you stupid, dumb driver woman. How can you possibly have an opinion? And she was like, Oh, I don't know. Like love. And we were like, don't show that on the outside. Cause everybody's going to make fun of you. And then <laughs> I paraphrase, but she, anyway, it turns out that she was pulled in that direction. So I really liked that balance of like pure science and then also like this unmeasured thing that we don't know about yet that pulls you toward people because if you love somebody really strongly or whatever is there a possibility that you could have things you don't explain that you can be pulled toward them like i believe that's true i can't explain it again maybe it's my upbringing maybe it's my experience because i definitely feel things toward people that I can't explain, you know, I can say things that I can't explain, but whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, it was a, such an amazing movie that made Gorgeous. you think yeah. about everything. It took you away going like, um, I hope it's not a, I hope it's not midnight. Cause I can't possibly go to sleep. Like I have to think yeah. about this for the next six hours. And that's what yes. makes it a really great movie. Anyway, I have some fun facts about it. You want to hear? Yes. Okay. Christopher Nolan wanted the film to be as scientifically accurate as possible. We know that. The special effects are so extensive in this film that the team had to develop new technology. They had to invent new technology. So, quote, some individual frames took up to 100 hours to render. The computation Mm -hmm. overtaxed by the bendy bits of distortion caused by Einsteinian effect called gravitational lensing. In the end, the movie brushed up against 800 terabytes of data. One person working on the movie said, quote, I thought we might cross the petabyte, petabyte, 
P-E-T-A byte threshold on this one. So meaning wow. it would be a thousand terabytes and over into the petabyte. I thought that was amazing. Like what? Like how many computers did you like store this on or whatever? How many <sighs> fucking laptops can you work on with this? Anyway, no, another fact, Nolan did tons and tons of research on his own, including going to NASA and Elon Musk's SpaceX. So Work. Christopher Nolan's quote on this is absolutely amazing. I quoted it verbatim. I put it in the notes verbatim. Here we go. You hear about these things as abstractions, and then you go to SpaceX and they're building rockets. They're getting out there. Our generation has grown up with far too little interaction with the idea of leaving this planet, with the idea of getting out and exploring our place in the solar system, and then the galaxy, and then the universe. In making it seem attainable, you think about it very differently. Your perspective immediately starts to change. You have to start wrestling with the idea of scale, with the idea of these vast distances, these enormous planets, what a wormhole would look like, what a black hole would look like. You have to start examining these things as practical possibilities. It all becomes much more tactile, which is incredibly exciting. Learning about the Apollo missions, they tended to use not the cutting edge technology, but step back a little bit, use the basics, that were a bit more tried and tested. Look at the design of spacesuits. They found these women, 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 who knew how to make incredibly tight stitching that no one else could do. And that's what went into the suits of the mm. Apollo missions. It's that kind of tactile sense that makes you deal with reality. For the last 35 years, that really hasn't been a massive part of our culture. And I think now we're ready to get back to the bigger question of getting out there. That's what Gorgeous. Christopher Nolan said. Yeah. Gorgeous. <laughs> Gorgeous. Put that on a pillow. Stitch that tightly on a pillow. I want <laughs> yeah. it. Put it on my yeah. couch. Anyway. <laughs> okay. The next fun facts. And I'm almost done. I promise. They deal with the Matt Damon movie, The Martian. Have you seen that? Yes. Oh, good. Good, good, good. That This is also an amazing movie. I watched the movie and I read the book. Um, it's by uh, Andy Weir. And I dare say the book is even better than the movie. I know people say that, but mm -hmm. it was really good. Um, actually, I listened to, as I think of it, I listened to this audiobook when I was working with you. I listened oh, yeah. to it on my drives to and from work when I was working with you. Anyway. Work. Anyway. Okay. Fun fact. First fun fact. When director Ridley Scott took on the movie, he also asked NASA to check the film and ensure everything in it was correct or as correct as it can be. You have to assume NASA gets these calls all the time. Like, we've right. got a space movie. We've got this, these facts we want to like work out and they're like we're busy making <laughs> space things right but also okay I, I like i would almost hire somebody that's like the movie like curator to like make sure everything's <laughs> like a comms person <gasps> can i be that person nasa <laughs> nasa are you hiring i'll do it i'm here yes i'm willing anyway 
it was accurate in the movie that it would take eight months to go from Mars to Earth with current technology. And so that was good. It wasn't like an instantaneous thing. It took eight months. That's what they think it would take if they went now. Next fact, Damon grows potatoes on Earth, but could he with Martian soil? Is that, do we know? Experts say yes. You could. Spend Next fact, spending any prolonged amount of time in space, we're talking months or years, runs an increased risk of developing a radiation-related sickness like cancer. Mm. Modern astronauts stay in the safe confines of Earth's magnetosphere, but if um, astronauts really went to Mars, they may need to spend a significant of time, a, sorry, a significant of time, a significant amount of time underground to help protect themselves. Did you know that? I didn't know no, that. I did not. They would get cancer because mm. you're dealing with the sun's rays at different and also just other fucking, I don't know, gamma rays, Hulk, I don't know, coming at you. Next fact, to leave Mars like they do in The Martian is a problem. In the book, methane is pulled from the atmosphere to create fuel for the thing to get off the ground. The rocket then accelerates to an orbital velocity that allows it to rendezvous and dock with the Hermes spacecraft, which then brings the astronauts back to Earth. Another website I absolutely love and you should at least follow on social media is I fucking love science, also known as IFLS or IFLScience.com. According to them, they asked the question, is this feasible? And NASA said at the moment, no. They admit that uh, this is one of the biggest obstacles to future Mars missions. They can't get right. off the ground on Mars. Right. Right. So they don't know the logistics of taking off and all the unknowns that it brings with it. So just think of taking off from Earth. Like, although there are hundreds of launches every year, some end in failure still. Uh, Mars has uh, 30% of Earth's gravity and a sizable atmosphere. So it's not going to be easy. They have to figure out a lot of stuff. I mean, they haven't even perfected Earth yet. Um, taking off from Mars is one of the biggest problems we're working on right now, says NASA. Musk, right? Oh, yeah, NASA. Musk, but NASA also. That's government it. funded. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Promise I'm almost done. Okay. NASA's human lunar exploration plans under the Artemis program call for sending the first woman. Look at my face. I know you can't see it on the radio, but look at my face. <laughs> Thanks. And next man to the surface <laughs> of the moon by 2024. <laughs> 2024, yay! That's right. And they're going to establish sustainable exploration by the end of the decade. Hooray! The agency will use what we learn on the moon to prepare for humanity's next giant leap, sending astronauts to Mars. Working with U.S. companies and international partners, NASA will push the boundaries of human exploration forward to the moon and on to Mars. NASA is working to send the first woman <laughs> and next man to the moon. Next man. Next man. Next. <laughs> By 2024, as part of the Artemis program, blah, 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 blah. Skip, skip, skip. I'm angry. It all starts with U.S. companies delivering scientific instruments and technology 
to the lunar, lunar surface, followed by a spaceship called the Gateway in orbit around the moon that will support human and science missions and human landers that will take astronauts to the surface of the moon. The agency's powerful space launch system rocket and Orion spacecraft will be the backbone to build the gateway and transport astronauts to and from Earth. That, I mean, obviously, that's a quote from the source. The backbone. Okay. Looking to Mars. So NASA also continues to work with companies um, to address the challenges of living in space, such as um, using existing resources, options for disposing of trash, and other things. Missions to the moon are about 1,000 times farther from Earth than missions to the International Space Station. So that requires systems that can reliably operate far from home, support the needs of human life, OBS, and still be light enough to launch. <laughs> we want to give you food, but also like you're going to need to not <laughs> eat a lot because you're heavy. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need to only use so much jet fuel. You're costing the taxpayers by your gluttony. These technologies will become increasingly more important in uh, for the 34 million mile trip to Mars. Mm. Only 34 million miles. I mean, like get in a van and like watch a show. It's fine. Oy. Watch The Office, you know, the whole series. You'll get there in time. <laughs> watch it 8 million <laughs> Nine times. 9 million times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So exploration to the moon and Mars is intertwined, it says, this article that I read. The moon provides an opportunity to test new tools, instruments, equipment that could be used on Mars, including human habitats, life support systems, and technologies and practices that could help us build self-sustaining outposts away from Earth. Living on the gateway for months at a time, gateway capital G, the name of the mission or whatever, will also allow researchers to understand how the human body responds in a true deep space environment before committing to the years-long journey to Mars. So, again, they're going to test it with the moon stuff, and they're going to be like, okay, this is prepping us for Mars in 2024. So to conclude, because some of this was crazy, here are some names you need to research on your own because she didn't have time on the, on the loud stick. To talk about them. I would love to go down each of these roads, but again, for time, here are some names. Go learn some stuff. Go be an amateur intellectual. Carl Sagan. He was the second coming of Albert Einstein. <laughs> also, uh, Harvard did not hire him as an, as an assistant professor. So anyone struggling with self-identity, put that in your pocket. Wow. Like Andy Bernard, he went to Cornell instead. Work. Where he stayed as a professor until his death. So, loyalty. Anyway, next, Stephen Hawking. Amazing, brilliant, crazy learning human, like astro everything, whatever. He also went to the Playboy Mansion and was kind of an asshole to his wife. So, I can't see that. But still, he contributed a lot to humanity. Let it be. Just learn about him. He needs to be learned about. Like, he was the foundational stones that helped. Finally... Neil deGrasse Tyson, you yes. have to, you have to learn about him if you don't already know. Do you, do you follow him on anything on any of the social media? Um, the social no. media. <laughs> I just watched some stuff on some of his stuff on Netflix. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's got a. Okay. 
let me let me just say what I wrote. I'm getting way too excited. Funny and amazingly smart. He has a TikTok. I just watched one truly like two nights ago where he explains how if you were to in 60 seconds, okay, in 60 seconds. I'm very excited. Sorry. If you were to drill down through the earth to the other side, you saw it, you saw it. Okay. And you were to jump in it, you'd incinerate in the center, but ignoring that, you'd fall straight through to the other side physics says and then gravity would pull you back in so then you'd fall back and forth infinitely unless you held on to something that was his tiktok he explained he exploded our minds in less than 60 seconds yeah so follow him on tiktok if you do nothing else and that's it that's all i got and us follow us but we're not on tiktok Um, (laughs) we are too tired (laughs) and understaffed intern No, I love it. Yes. Uh, I am literally about to go do a uh, four hour deep dive on quantum physics because I got a whole bunch of shit. You want to lead that one, Boo? Let's do it. Uh, I mean, make an episode. Let's make an episode about it. I'm so excited. This is so good. Yeah, I love space is just that thing that's just so fucking cool. And like, there's always the final frontier, like there's just always something to learn and always something new mm-hmm. and it challenges our ideas of the way that everything works. And I, I think that that's a big draw to it. So Kendall, we could make an episode about the sun. We can make an episode about the moon, which is actually yeah. coming up soon. I'm making an episode about the moon, which is why I had to delete a ton of my notes for this episode and put it in the other episode. Um, we could do an episode on, on like, uh, I don't know, like a phenomenon, phenomena that happen in space. I don't know, science, quantum physics. I mean, there's so much. I mean, we could pull from this. So I'm so excited. Uh, yes. It's so good. Yes. Tell me, tell me what is happening uh, next week. I forget. Tell me what's happening. Next week, we're going to be talking about Indigenous Peoples Day compared to Columbus's day, yes. compared to uh, everything being fucked up in our uh, <gasps> racist ass history. But we are going to get a good grip on it. Yeah. And we're going to have the tools to move fucking forward, get some policy changes. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going out on a limb there, but I we're going to be learn. learning. We're going to be learning. Yeah. Yes. It's the first step, babe. It's the first step. I'm so yes. excited. No, yes, I really want to learn. Too. I don't know a lot. And it's something that I really want to learn more about. So let's do it. Let's do it. We'll do it next week. Um, right now, if you're here, make sure that you follow us on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Uh, you can also email us if you have any topic ideas. We're at amateurintellectuals at gmail.com. We are available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So tell your friends. We're highly accessible. If you got a favorite episode, share it. Put it on your Facebook page. Put it on your friend's Facebook page. Put it on your mama's page. Put it anywhere you want. But put it somewhere, please. Give us and love. Let us know um, what you want to hear. And I think that's it. Are we going to do it? Let's do the bye. Let's do the really, let's do the bye that we do. It's signature now. Three, two, one. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>